The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. It's our day of the missing pundit. Still, have we accounted for Rob Davis yet? And yeah, it was a TTC issue. He, he called me from Keel Station. Okay. All right. So at least he's accounted for. Uh, we seem to have lost Pamela Palmater, but that's okay. we got some heavy hitters. Brad Bradford is here, Toronto City Councillor. Tim Hudak, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives. He's now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. I'll take advantage of the presence of a city councillor to start with this story about traffic enforcement on King Street. Here's the problem. They created this whatever you call it, mechanism on King Street where you can't actually transit through it in a car or any kind of vehicle other than a streetcar. You must absolutely turn right at the first intersection that you get to on a certain stretch. And apparently a lot of people are ignoring that and now we end up with streetcars running slower than they did before we even started this project. Uh, Brad Bradford, are you in force, are you in favor of this kind of enforcement? Well, look, it's an absolute cluster down there. Um, you know, I was uh, I was riding along King Street the other week, and I saw a police vehicle stop there, parked. I wasn't sure exactly what they were doing, but they weren't doing any enforcement. You just see the cars going straight through the intersection. The idea of transit priority means it has to be transit priority, and if folks are not following the rules. Uh, you know, it, it slows down the transit and it also adds to congestion and you actually have the worst outcome. And that's what we're dealing with right now. And, and you know, I spoke about this at council last week on our congestion management plan. The reality is we have to look at all of the traffic impacts in their totality. Why are people not respecting the rules on King Street? Well, because the city in its wisdom has Richmond and Adelaide all torn up, putting in streetcars tracks on the only good east-west arteries we have in the downtown. You've got the Ontario line complicating things. You have other state of good repair work all happening at the same time. And people are just desperate to find anywhere to, to go east-west. And that traffic's pouring onto King Street. We need to be more thoughtful uh, when we are tying up our, our streets in the downtown core. You are not seeing that right now. You're not seeing moving traffic prioritized. So I do think we need to get better enforcement on King Street, for sure. I think that this uh, this proposal of automatic traffic enforcement will help. We've seen that in community safety zones. But at the end of the day, it is a symptom. It's an outcome of a city who's lost its way when it comes to moving vehicles in and out of the core. Tim Hudak, in light of these revelations, uh, many people would argue, I sense that perhaps one of them will do so at 10.05 this morning. Instead of trying to enforce, we should just cancel this whole business on King Street and let people use it in their cars. Yeah, well, maybe. I, I mean, I was a skeptic of that. I, I, I'm, I'm there sometimes on business. I live in another part of the city uh, to the north, so I can't say it affects day-to-day -day life. I was a skeptic. I would actually enjoy seeing what the impact has been in total, not simply on those taking transit, those driving, and area uh, businesses. Uh, at the same time, and I think Brad walked through very well in some detail there about why driving downtown is an entire mess and a disaster, and I try to avoid it at all costs if possible. I know I'm not the only only one. Bottom line here, John, though, if you're going to do a pilot, if you're going to have rules, you need to enforce those rules. And I will say one more time, have we looked seriously at like a second tier policing? I want our main cops who are expensive and doing a great job shutting down crime, like stopping the 
thieves of getting cars out of driveways across the city. Uh, but I think a second tier of law enforcement that would go after traffic violations and have authority to hold people accountable. I love to see that in our city. Okay, well, Brad Bradford, what do you say about the idea of a second tier of policing, kind of like those French police officers who have like a coffee can as a hat? Absolutely. Uh, you know, our, our frontline officers are such a vital resource to the city. You look at all the stuff that's going on right now, all of the protests, uh, various attacks. We need those frontline officers out doing that high quality police work. That's essential. Standing in an intersection, making sure that people aren't blocking the box or enforcing the rules on a, on a street that's transit priority like King Street. That's important, but that doesn't necessarily have to be frontline police officers. And so our, our traffic enforcement agent program, something that's been around for a long time, um, but hasn't been particularly well resourced. And in fact, we've seen those traffic agents uh, come into the jobs and then get promoted or seek other uh, employment in Toronto police. And so there have been a lot of vacancies. Uh, I think it's time that that program is is better resourced so that we have those bodies out there doing that important work. Because at the end of the day, when drivers are sitting in traffic out there, it is a quality of life issue. It makes it harder to get back to the office. It makes it longer to get home to your friends and family. And uh, it makes living in Toronto um, a lot more difficult for people. The education minister says teachers are going to be held accountable for any Israel-Hamas comments they make that are considered to be controversial. Whenever somebody warns, you know, creates a policy or warns people about enforcement, Tim Hodak, I always wonder what evidence do we have so far that this is actually an issue? Yeah, I think there's some incidences mentioned of teachers who are now at home on leave because of inappropriate comments uh, in the classroom. Good for the education minister. This this matters. And give you two reasons why I, I say that. Uh, our, our kids, our students do follow the teachers on social media. They play a particularly influential role uh, for high school students, I'd say, foremost. I've seen my own daughter with her girlfriend sort of giggling and searching through their teachers' postings on social media. They follow them, they influence, and therefore they should conduct themselves publicly as they do in the classroom. And there should be no tolerance for any kind of hatred. It's a profession, act that way, and it should be enforced by the College of Teachers. Secondly, we actually push for this for realtors. As part of the Ontario Real Estate Association, we push for a stronger code of ethics to reinforce professionalism so our realtors can be called on the carpet for this type of behavior in the private life. So if it's good for realtors, it's good for teachers. Okay, Brad Bradford, it wasn't on the issue of Israel-Palestine, but I did come across a video the other day of a teacher saying that he'll teach your kids anything he wants because they're his for the day. Yeah, so that's not... Uh... <laughs> That's not the right attitude or the right approach. And I think this is this is where some of those teachers get themselves into hot water. There's a curriculum. Um, you know, there's a lot of work on that. Credit to this government and, and Minister Lecce updating that, particularly uh, around Holocaust education, updating the curriculum and leading in the Canadian context on that. Frankly, changes that are long overdue. But there has to be some accountability on this stuff. And I think when... When anyone who is in a position of influence, whether that is teachers or politicians or, you know, folks who are community leaders, when they are out there playing fast and loose with the facts and with the truth, 
it is damaging. People are rightfully scared about the ripple effects of hate that we're seeing across the country and, and here in Toronto. You know, bullets were fired at a Jewish school in Montreal over the last couple of weeks. We've seen fire bombings of, of synagogues. Uh, so this is not a time uh, to screw around with the facts and misinformation. And you are entitled to your opinion. But when you're in a position of authority or a leadership position or, you know, a teacher with a class full of kids who are who are sitting there listening to you, you have to be extremely careful and thoughtful about the language that you're using. Let me stick with you, Brad Bradford, for a moment, because you've got a couple of little ones and the province is coming up with new protocols for kids being delivered to daycare to ensure that kids are not forgotten in cars. And I get it. People will always say, how could you forget your kids? But it happens and kids die. So if we can do something about it, let's do it. I love this. Uh, this is another move that you could put in the column of, of long overdue, but a helpful and thoughtful change. Uh, look, I, I typically, when the season permits, drop my, my daughter off on daycare on my bicycle, which I think would make it a, a lot harder to forget her because uh, she's sitting on the back there. <laughs> but uh, but I understand how the change in routine uh, could result in a, in a one-off tragedy or something. It is chaos uh, at our household in the Bradford residence every morning and and I think when we get the second one in daycare, uh, that that's going to be even more so. Maybe people have different uh, taking their kids to different daycares because it's so hard to get into one in the city of Toronto. That that might be in our future. So you got you're running your kids to different daycares and different locations. Multiple parents doing the drop. So we've got these rules in place for schools. Uh, it makes sense to have them in place for daycares too. And I think uh, you know on the balance, this is something that's helpful. Tim Hudak, I found out by accident that my car actually has one of those alarms that would alert you to a child being forgotten in the back seat. And the reason was I put a heavy suitcase on the back seat. And so when I turned the ignition, it warned me, check behind. <laughs> Ours actually also will set the alert if uh, one of the kids undoes their, their seatbelt. And if they change seats, it doesn't turn off. So that was a bit of an annoyance on a drive last night. Well, look, this looks like a, a low-cost um, solution. It, it does exist in our schools, as uh, you and Brad both have pointed out. What you tend to get if your kid doesn't show up is a, an email or a text saying they're not there. That actually stilled our hearts a couple times we got a false alarm but better to err on that side than the opposite i look i i i hope this is helpful john i i just think that if you're that harried you're that rushed that you forget your kid in the back of the car will an additional email or text actually make the difference i, I hope it does Hopefully this is successful. I think just a marginal benefit. Football player Patrick Mahomes says that he wears and has worn the same pair of underwear through his entire professional career, which I think, you know, is, is first of all, curious, possibly um, unhygienic. <laughs> but I, I'm fascinated by hexes and superstition and stuff like that. So, uh, Brad Bradford, do you have any uh, hexes or superstitions or things that you routinely do in order to ward something off? It's funny. I, you know, I, I love the commitment here from Mahomes. Uh, big fan of him as a, as a player and a quarterback, and so I love the commitment here. I do have some questions. Um, as a guy who's got sort of tree trunk legs, I don't know how you could not wear through them over that many seasons. Like I, I don't know if there's there's Teflon or something in here, 
uh, in this underwear, how that's holding up. So I think that's curious, remarkable even. Um, but look, I, I grew up playing rugby, among other things, and I had a thing. I always put the left boot on and tied that up before I put the right boot on. A little bit strange, but you just get into those routines. And even at council, I got a watch that I wear for council. It's the only watch that goes on the wrist on council days because that's kind of game day for me now. Uh, so these sort of things, if you can find some security and some comfort, um, every, anything and everything helps. I think it's fascinating as well. And and good on Mahomes. This guy's the man. He's doing a great job and uh, having another big year in the NFL. Yeah, it's going to be hard watching him play now. But Tim Hudak, your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I shake that image now that Brad just painted? Anytime I watch <laughs> Mahomes play, I, I'm going to be distracted. Uh, well, yeah. Look, I I had a theory that that athletes are a lot like this, and it's interesting. Maybe politicians are too, or it's a general public. I totally had something like this. I was no Mahomes. But I played my, my share of sports in high school, so basketball's a favorite. So I wore, this is 19, late 1980s, the same pair of white tube socks that were just above the calf, below the knee, John Moore, to every game. And if I was on a streak, I wouldn't wash them. They got pretty crunchy after a while, but I guess better socks than other undergarments. And in politics, I had a um, bit of a ritual, too. If I had a big speech, which was it tended to be you know, either at a convention or at a fundraiser, I had a ritual of going for a bit of a walk, clear my head beforehand, and then sit down to a nice dish of chicken wings, you know, with some blue cheese, celery, and carrots. That put me in a good headspace, so that was my superstition in politics, like in sports. All right, good to know. Thank you guys for being so candid. And I guess the upside in all of this is at least Patrick Mahomes is not a free baller. Uh, thank you all, Brad Bradford and Tim Hudak. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.